Cleveland's Ohio City neighborhood. It's Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, featuring travel expert Monica Irowski. And now, your captains of fun and excitement, Ted Klopp and Ken Dworsnick. Still digging out of snow, fighting rain, inclement weather, but that does not stop Ted Klopp and Ken Dworsnick bring you episode 43 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. And Ted, how was your week? Well, uh-oh. Going all right until Friday morning when I got a frantic call from my wife saying, I've been in an accident. Oh gosh. Uh fortunately she's just a little sore. The car, <clears throat> it is gonna need some work. A uh young man ran a red light. Oh jeez. So we gotta get that taken care of. So that was not fun. And then we we're watching we watched the show Below Deck. Okay. Cock app on our televisions. So Friday night, we're watching an old episode. And the thing I like about the Peacock app is that the ads on the app are never more than a minute long. So yeah, there are ads, but they're not that long. We're watching and an ad pops up for Outback from Subaru, the little car. And it's a guy and he's walking up to the car and the front end of the car is all smashed up. And he says, you know, I saw them coming. I look at my wife. My wife looks at me and she says, well, I didn't see that guy coming. <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, that was kind of the, uh, oh my. that was kind of how that went. Oh. So, I guess it's good that we can chuckle about it a little bit at this point. Other than that, you know, vertical and above ground. That's half the battle. I'm just glad everybody's okay. Obviously, as they say, vehicles can be fixed, but uh, you're just glad that people are healthy. But it is a pain. I've dealt with that. We've all dealt with that. Dealing with insurance companies and dealing with police reports and all that stuff and hats off to the police. But sometimes those items just take a while just because you have so many parties involved. So that's yep. that's tough. Now, how well, was your weekend? Oh, it was it was great. Spent some time with the kids. Um we're into UFC fighting. That's a big thing now. We could talk about it at some point in time, but we had opportunity to watch some of that. That was cool. But I have a question for you. So as you know, I really do like basketball. First of all, hats off and congratulations to Cleveland State. Horizon League champions, first time in 10 years. Congrats to Coach Gates. They won a big game on uh, obviously the end of the season versus IPFW. They are now the number one seed for the Horizon League. So congratulations to them. But as many people know, I do like the Cavs. I follow them. Ted, have you watched a Cavs game this year? The Cleveland Cavaliers? Have you watched any of their basketball? The the who? Okay, that answers the question. So just to keep you up to speed, they've lost 10 straight games at this point in time. Not good. They're losing to good teams and not so good teams. They're coming off to against Oklahoma City, who's not one of the top teams in the league, and they lost by 20. So it's a struggle. Now, there's always a positive light. I always try to look at things from a different side. This ought to be good. You always have to take advantage of your opportunities. We've talked about that. That's one thing we do. I have the opportunity where at times I can maybe place a wager and maybe place make some money. Yep. Money, okay. On the, so, on the calves? Yes. Oh. So I maybe have done this a couple times, and maybe most recently I've – I've made a little bit of money. And so it's one of those things that's like, 
you know, at some point in time, they might cover the spread or one point in time they may win, but coming up, they're going to be playing Denver again, who just completely demolished them twice already. Now they're going to play them again. And I'm like, I think I might be able to possibly make some money again. So we'll see. So despite them losing, there is winning. That's where I'm at. I'm like Charlie Sheen (laughs) winning. Yeah. Right. Winning. You're not wagering on them to win. Are you wagering on them to lose? As you can tell, I'm hesitating with my answer. So it's based on point spread. You're betting on the spread. So, right. So going into the game, there's a certain amount of points that are given to a certain team. Let's just say they're playing the Lakers and the Lakers are favored by three. So I'm basically playing the spread and I've been able to win that multiple times because in honesty, they don't play any defense. They don't defend anybody. There's no defense going on, just a lot of points. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be a rough year. We still have some players not playing and I don't see them playing anytime soon. And so I think we're just going for a lottery pick. That's what we're doing. Do you happen to notice when you started this uh, investment uh, scheme here, this investing you're doing, did you happen to notice the last time that they covered the spread? It's been over 10 games. (laughs) Okay. We're going to leave it at that. I'm into charts and I did some charting and it's, it's been a while. So now, now the Cavs, with COVID, they're allowed to have 10% of the arena capacity at the moment at the games. Is that right? Actually, it got increased. Oh, it got increased to like 12 or 13% because okay, so uh, they can have what? 2,800 people there. 2,800 people. Now, let yeah. me ask you this question. Yes. Do they get for the product that they're putting on? Do they get 2,800 people? That's a great question. All I can tell you is that when I look at the point spread and like the over under, when you go on the ESPN app, it'll also show you ticket prices for games. So for the last game where they played Denver, which was a Friday night, it was at home. How much do you think I could get a ticket for? Wait a minute. You got to pay them to come and watch this. That is true. Yes. Yep. It is business. (laughs) Well, ticket prices, what? The cheap seats at a Cavs game used to be like last year or whatever, when they were having lots of fans, 20 bucks. Is that right for the high up seats? Right around there. I mean, you could get some deals for 15. I'm going to guess that it's less than that. That's a good answer. You could have bought a ticket on Friday night against the Denver Nuggets for $6. (laughs) $6 a piece. Yep. We're NBA level, allegedly NBA level basketball. NBA level basketball. Okay. It was right. similar to when they played Oklahoma City as well. I think that was eight. Can so. you keep us up to date periodically? Can we check back in with you and uh, see how this goes? Uh, well, to continue with the Cavs update and, and how things are going for myself. Sure. Yeah. Cavs investment update. Yep. We'll, we'll do. A, we'll get a, a, a cash register uh, yep. thing each time there. All right. Well, that'll be a fun uh, segment we can look forward to on the show. But uh, for this week's show, well, the COVID vaccine is getting distributed, as we know. So things are starting to open up more and people are traveling more. We're going to talk with travel expert Monica Irowski about what travel is happening right now and what unique travel spots she might recommend. Also, we have a misspeak of the week that led to the resignation of an entire school board. The whole school board resigned. Oh my! 
This week in Cleveland history has us revisiting another milestone in the life of Cleveland Municipal Stadium. And in Klopp's clips, we told you last week about the guy facing charges for coughing and shouting COVID at police in Denmark. Well, his appeal hearing was last week. Ken asked that we provide an update. So we will have that for you later on in Klopp's clips. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Down Load the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Blah, blah, Our guest today is a travel expert, 22 years and counting, traveling around not just the United States, but in fact, the world. So we're going to talk about travel during the pandemic and a few other things. So let's talk with Monica Irowski. Monica, thanks for your time. So travel expert trying to navigate travel during the COVID-19 pandemic. How hard is that? And are people still traveling? I sell international travel. Okay. So I would say in about March... It came to a standstill. We had to, we had to reorganize, reschedule, and it's gone on a lot longer than we thought. The people have been rescheduling more than once. We are starting to see people come back to travel, and I've been doing um, U.S. tours for the first time ever. But we had clients go to Hawaii, and we had clients go to Ecuador. And I have colleagues that have been to Kenya and had a great time in November and December in Kenya. So that's what I've been talking to people about is, you know, trying to get them to get out of, I mean, I'm in the California and it's just crazy here. If I could get to Kenya, I mean, I would just be so much happier on safari than I am here trying to, to navigate the grocery store. (laughs) Yes. Talk about some of the things that you can offer, some of the things that you will talk with. Let's say Ted and I want to go on a trip and we want to go to Kenya or we want to go to Australia. How does that, how do you set that up? And what are some of the things that you could do for us? Well, I specialize in guys trips. So I'd love to plan a trip for you and Ted. And first thing I would do is find out what you guys love to do, you know, and I'd want to make it as exciting and different and maybe push your comfort zone a little because I feel like when you travel and you push that comfort zone a little, you get more rewarding experiences than if you just book a resort and sit on the beach. But um, my travel is more active. So the guys trips that I've done, it has included things like 
hiking up a glacier, motorcycling through Vietnam, ATV on the sand dunes outside of Cape Town, public go-kart racing in the streets of Tokyo. And then I pushed their comfort zone a little. We went out into the countryside and we did what we call misogi which is a waterfall meditation. You go under a really cold waterfall. It's 40 degrees. And you go with a Shinto priest and he teaches you how to breathe and how to set, get your mind right to be able to do this meditation under a waterfall at 40 degrees. But I got more letters from them about this experience than any other experience. And I kind of pushed them towards it. So that's the kind of thing that I have been doing for my guys, but it really depends on the guys. Like I have other men who are more into wildlife. I sent them up into a, a bear blind. So you go up in the tree and there's like a, a wooden platform. And so the bears and the animals can't see you're there. And then they st- stay there all night waiting for the bears to come out. That's right up Ted's alley. He'd be all yeah. over that. Yeah, I'm all over okay. that. I'll, I'll be right there. A <laughs> uh, hundred feet away behind a, a cage and all that stuff. Yeah. What about couples traveling, husband and wife or family travel? Are there some unique suggestions that you would have for those types of uh, groups? Sure. For families, I'm really liking Ecuador, going to both the Galapagos, the rainforest, some of the highlands going up and staying on a farm in the area of Ecuador, they were where they grow all the beautiful roses and the kids can watch how we um, track the condors and try to save them. They can go out and milk them cows and then see how the cheese is made. So we call it from farm to cheese or, you know, from cow to cheese, milking the cow to the cheese. And then on the Galapagos, they can see how the birds and the, all the different life in the Galapagos, um, how they've evolved. And you get to learn by doing. And because so many people are doing homeschool right now that I, I really think that if I had the knowledge I have now, if I still had young children in the house, we would be out learning by doing and doing that virtual school on the road while doing other really fun nature-based excursions. For couples, I would say I travel with my husband and it's like the time when we're the closest. The most recent trip we took was to Laos and we went to this little town called Luang Prabang and we stayed in a luxury hotel, the Rosewood, and it was located on a river, this beautiful property. I mean, just stunning gardens, mountains, trees, river flowing through it, decorated with all the colors and these beautiful woods. And we rented a boat and we went out for the sunset and we had a waiter come with us from the hotel and brought all these hors d'oeuvres and champagne. And I think that was the most romantic experience that Jose and I have ever done together. And we've done a lot, but that one was, that's just the tip of my mind because it was the last thing we did before this whole COVID nightmare hit. (laughs) For sure. Is there a place that no one would think, wow, that's a great place to go to that you've been to or you've heard about? What is a hidden gem place that you would say? The Uyuni Salt Flats of Bolivia, not just where all the tourists go, but to a remote section of that where you stay in yurts, 
we'll have a, a four by four car drive you across the salt flats and the mirrored lakes. And then you go over and you stay in these yurts under the stars with no one around uh, except for the eight different yurts that are there. And um, it's spectacular. And that is like the top, the end of the world. Another place that it's not that nobody would go to, but, but what I think is really unique is in Botswana to go sleep out under the stars in a star bed. Mm. I think that's so romantic. I know that in Botswana, the star bed has wheels. So if one of you gets scared, you can roll it back in the room. Um, <laughs> but there's other, there's other places that you could go like that are away from your room. So you can't go back. And you can also do that in the Amazon jungle. We can put you up, you can climb up a big tower and uh, you know, the bridges in the sky mm-hmm. that are at the top of the trees, they have them in Costa Rica. Yes. The one I'm thinking of is in the Amazon jungle of Peru. And at the end of one of those sky bridges, they have a little cabin that they can set up for you. You can sleep in it and there'll be some guides down at the bottom in case you I don't know, snake comes in there or something, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you can call them, but you're alone at the top of this sky bridge, sleeping out at the top of a tree in the treetops. And these trees are not your average 50 foot trees. These are several hundred foot trees, you know, you're up in the sky. In Peru also um, is a glass capsule hanging off the top of the side of a mountain. You can zip line to get there, or you can rock climb to get up there. And you sleep in these pods at the top of the mountain. And I've sent a couple of clients there. They just loved it. And it's really spectacular because you're at the top of the mountain on the side in this glass dome. Can you imagine the stars you must see there at night? That would be awesome. Wow. Do you want to talk about what uh, someone should have budget-wise for one of these uh, trips? We work with budgets, but our our tours are, I would say, uh, the low end would be 3000 per person. And that's kind of hard to hit. And the high end, I mean, those can go to ten or 15000 per person. Like the guys okay. in Japan, they spent 13000 a person and there were 27 of them. So, wow. and the larger your group, the more bang for your buck you usually get. Sure. Japan is crazy expensive. But if I'm going to Costa Rica, we can do a lot for less. And I work with budgets because we all have families and we all have different wherewithals. And I want as many people to be able to travel as possible. What's the timeline? How much time should you give yourself to get ready to maybe get the best price to maybe find the best deal? So in a normal year, I would say. uh, (laughs) Great answer. (laughs) In a normal year, I would say it really depends on the place and the time of year you're traveling. So if you want to travel that December 20th to January 5th, you're not going to get any good deals and you have to book well in advance just to get the space because it's crazy how many people 
you know, are going. And I like to sell the best places. So they do get booked out for those dates. We do a lot of multi-generational families. So if you need, you know, room for 10 people on a boat in the Galapagos for Christmas, you should probably start thinking about this a year in advance. The same for some of the safari lodges. If you're taking a multi-generational group of 10, 12 people to a safari lodge, then you would want to book it a year in advance. If you want to stay at Giraffe Manor in Kenya, that's really popular. So that one would be like a year in advance. But some places that are more out of the way that not as many people think about, then you can start thinking about it six months or three months. And I've even done last minute trips of a month in advance. Lots of interesting places. Can we get you to stick around and play a little game time with us? Sure. Miss Speak of the Week here, the entire school board for the Oakley Elementary School District resigned last week after the California group mocked parents during a video meeting about reopening schools. The board thought the meeting was private. The meeting was not private. Here is what was said. If you're gonna call me out, I'm gonna you up. That's just me. They want to pick on us because right. they want their babysitters back. My brother had a delivery service for medical marijuana. I clientele were parents with their kids in school. <laughs> we have the meeting open to the public right now. Uh-uh. That's what Lori just said. Great. <laughs> Great, great. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, your technology. Holy Oh, God. I don't think oh, my God. right now. <laughs> well, the school superintendent, Greg Hetrick, released a statement, statement saying, quote, the comments made were not in alignment with our vision and are definitely not what any of us stand for as leaders. I know we lost trust with the community. I will not make excuses for what happened or why it happened. The meeting was Wednesday night, and by Friday morning, all four board members had resigned. Oh, Ted. I I don't ask this very often. Can you play that again? (laughs) Play it again. I I have to hear this. I would be happy to play that for you just one more time. If you're going to call me out, I'm going to you up. <laughs> Sorry, that's just me. They want to pick on us because they want their babysitters back. My brother had a delivery service for medical marijuana. The high clientele were parents with their kids in school. <laughs> we have the meeting open to the public right now. Uh-uh. That's what Lori just said. Great. Great. <laughs> you, Great. The, the only thing that our show oh. does not provide is the look on their faces as the woman says, the uh, the me- meeting is open to the public right now. <laughs> Great. Great. Oh, my God. Well, that is certainly the misspeak of the week. Cleveland, this is for you. 
Well, Ted, another This Week in Cleveland History. March 1st, 1997. The demolition yeah. of Cleveland Stadium is completed. Browns owner Art Modell moved his franchise to Baltimore following the 1995 season. The Browns won their last game at the stadium against the Bengals 26-10 on December 17th, 1995. But demolition didn't begin until November of 1996. A month into the demolition, the stadium remains caught fire. I didn't know this. Really? About 14,000 tons of debris was dumped into Lake Erie to create three artificial reefs for fishermen and divers offshore of Cleveland and neighboring Lakewood. What? (laughs) The stadium caught fire? I didn't know this. Did you know that? How about that? Wow. First of all, they waited almost a year to start knocking it down. Now, I know there were legal battles and whatnot. Right. Correct. But they waited almost a year to knock it down. And then when they did so, God. (laughs) <laughs> come on man yeah well 14,000 tons of debris yeah fishermen's and and, and divers for artificial reefs i didn't yeah. know this either i would love it you know i'm i'm fishing out of uh section 201 row z five. <laughs> oh my gosh how about that that is classic interesting uh, uh, bit of information. So obviously there's a, a year that goes by before they start demolition. During that year, I was working in Mansfield at the time at the TV station down there. And obviously the 1996 football season kicks off and there's no team in Cleveland. Uh-huh. So I did a little research and found out that the stadium is kind of open to the public. So I took a cameraman up there, Mike Lasky, who you may recall. I do. We went up there, walked in, and we walked around the stadium. Are oh, you serious? Oh, I've never heard this story. We walked to the 50-yard line. We walked down into the locker room. And you talk about crummy facilities. Yeah. The locker room was way in the back and small as could be. and when you get these, you know, 250 pound, six foot four guys walking to the field, they had to walk single file because their shoulder pads had to be rubbing against the sides of the walls in that tunnel. Now, when you say the locker room, were you talking about the visiting locker room or are you talking about the home locker room? I think we went to the home locker room, but I, I don't recall. Well, if you saw the home locker room, I was told that the visiting locker room was even smaller. Well, I wouldn't doubt it. I and it was it. it was painted pink. Okay. That, I was I told that. that. We saw a whiteboard that had some stuff drawn on it. I doubt it was left over from the last game. You know, it was, it, the whole place was deserted. And we walked through the stands, sat in the upper deck. Oh, my gosh. It was really interesting to see, you know, weeds are growing between the seats in the stands and you guys are the only ones in there or what? I think there were a couple other, you know, not a lot of people knew it was available. And I remember there was another family in there while we were there. And we got a shot of this little girl running across the field. Wow. Here's giant Cleveland Brown stadium and these little, little feet, you know, this little girl goes running across the 50 yard line. She just thinks it's a big thing of grass. No idea on the history, but just kind of the irony of everything that was there. 
That's insane. I was at the last game. I was there with my dad, who we had on earlier this year on the podcast, and that was just a wild event. I mean, we've talked yeah. about that before. People taking bleachers and throwing them on the field, and then somebody sawing their chair and carrying it out. I mean, it's just – it was pretty wild. And obviously at that time I was – let's see, 1995, I was a sophomore in high school. So it's just like, you know, to see some of that stuff and all that was, was a little bit different, but uh, wow. Once again, unbelievable stories about Cleveland stadium and another edition of this week in Cleveland history. Cleveland, this is for you. All right. Here's some good news. A restaurant owner in Wisconsin helping his competition. Adolfo Melendez owns El Mezcal and has bought more than $2,000 worth of gift cards to other local restaurants in his community. Wow. He's raffling them off to his customers. Started at the end of last year using his restaurant's Facebook page to help support fellow local small restaurants. Raffle winners get $20 gift cards to other local restaurants. His philosophy, quote, if you help one person and another person helps another, that will help a lot. Wow. What an idea. That's a great idea. That? People helping people is what people that's all helping about. People. That's a leader. That's great. And that is some good news. It's time for a game time segment with our guest, a world traveler expert, New York Times travel speaker and corporate trainer on travel, Monica Rowski. Her opponent was recently named one of the top 50 dads in Northeast Ohio on the two <laughs> middle-aged men in Cleveland test. Best, yeah. I should say. Okay. So today's game is called What Year Is This? I will read multiple clues for a specific year. Each clue will be accompanied by multiple choice options at the end. The winner will be the person who correctly guesses two of the three years. So today's winner will receive an unlimited supply of used wrapping paper. That'll be the prize. Supplies <laughs> are available in Northeast Ohio, along with most of the country. All different designs and patterns are available. So a great gift for you guys today. So we will start the following events heard in this year. The AIDS virus was identified. Okay. NASA launched the very first space shuttle mission. The movie Raiders of the Lost Ark made its debut, created by Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. And Sandra Day O'Connor is nominated to become the first female justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. Was that 1980, 1985, 1981, or 1983? Monica, what is your guess? 1980. Ted? I was thinking 1982 when you said the space shuttle launch, but then when you said Raiders of the Lost Ark, I was thinking 1983. Since that's one of the options, I'll go with 1983. Okay, 1983. Well, actually, the correct year is 1981. Surprise. <laughs> Most of your guesses were very good. I would have guessed the same, but it is actually 1981. So we're at zero zero after session one. Okay, Great. session two. What year did these events take place? The human population of the world surpasses six billion. The file sharing service for sharing MP3 audio files, Napster, was created. SpongeBob SquarePants premieres on Nickelodeon on May 1st. Lance Armstrong wins his first tour to France. 
and Russian President Boris Yeltsin resigned and replaced by Vladimir Putin. So was that 2001, 1997, 2004, or 1999? Ted, you get to guess first this time. I'm stumped. I'll just guess 1999. Okay. Monica? 1997. 1997. Well, the actual correct date is 1999. So, Ted, you got that one correct. Yes. It must have been because of Bob Bob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, sure. That's it. Yes. I have the poster behind me if you can't see it. Sure. Okay. Ted, you're up 1-0. We're going to our final session how, how do you think i got to be the 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 greatest dad in northeast ohio here by uh <laughs> going squash, spongebob squarepants that's exactly right yeah final one what year do the following events take place the movie star wars opens in cinemas elvis presley passes away at the age of 42 the u.s returns the panama canal to panama the apple II computer went on sale and the famous Brazilian soccer star Pele plays in his final match. Was that 1976, 1979, 1981, or 1977? Monica, you get to guess first this time. 1979. 1979. Theodore? Ken, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I can say with a hundred percent certainty that the answer is 1977. 1977. Okay, the correct answer is 1977. So there you go. The Star Wars geek got us again. Yeah. So, Monica, great answers, but unfortunately, you will not win the used wrapping oh, paper from the holiday that's season. Nuts. You'll have to get it from Ted. But thanks so much for playing, and obviously uh, a lot of fun. But if people want to know more about travel or have questions, how can they contact you? Well, Yampu website, Y-A-M-P-U, uh, has so many ways to reach us. You can email, chat, phone us. Uh, so any way you want to communicate, you can do that through the Yampu website, and they'll get in touch with me. Yeah, or right, my, my email is monica at yampu.com. Well, Monica, very good. Uh, we appreciate your time and safe travels. And thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV. You've heard me talk about their top-notch rental services, but don't take my word for it. Here are some Google reviews. The Ohio Society of Association Executives says, not only do they meet every need we have, they anticipate additional services and requests that we have had and are always prepared. The Westside Catholic Center says the elements they added to our event enhanced every aspect of the evening. Very easy to work with, incredibly knowledgeable, and made adjustments on the fly. Whether you are planning a virtual or an in-person event, Westminster AV should be your first call for dependable, professional, audiovisual equipment rentals. Call today, 216-325-6960. Again, the number, 216-325-6960. The most trusted name in journalism, Klopp's Clips. 
All right, Ken, I hope you're taking notes. We are going to get to that update on last week's Klops Clips in a moment. But first, customs investigators in Cincinnati stopped a shipment of drugs. A drug detection dog was checking incoming freight from Peru when he alerted officers to a package. Turns out that the package included 44 pounds of cocaine. 44 pounds of cocaine. The package uh, was a package of cereal with <clears throat> white powder and flakes that were coated in a grayish substance. I can add on to the story. Do you know what oh. cereal it was that they uh, coated it please, with? Please, tell me. It's the Tony the Tiger cereal. Why is that? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, though. It is a joke, but it's true. It was Tony the Tiger cereal. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, see, we, we see. Now that's Paul Harvey just stopped in, and he gave us the rest yep. of the story. Good day. <laughs> we have another Guinness World Record to sink our teeth into. Thirty-two-year-old Chuck Maddie he used his jaws to bite open twenty-four pop cans in a minute. <laughs> Maddie says he started doing it as a party trick when he was sixteen. Says doesn't hurt and. He probably thinks he could do five or ten more in a minute. He just chooses not to, I guess. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. He's already beaten the record, so why do more? Right. What about opening uh, beer bottles with your eye socket? What about uh, that? Well, that, that's, that's... That one of the Guinness World yeah. Records? I'll tell you, we were talking about Below Deck earlier, and on the season we were watching, there was a guy that was opening bottles of beer with his teeth. Oh, my. Yeah. That's I, hardcore. I don't understand the motivation there. Nope. All right, here's the update from the story we told you about last week about the Denmark guy charged with threatening behavior. Police say that during a traffic stop, he coughed at two officers and shouted, Corona! <coughs> well, he was first acquitted in a local court, then convicted in a higher court. Last week, Denmark's Supreme Court denied his appeal of the conviction, sentencing him to four months in jail. We're not fooling around. No, we're not. Not fooling around. You want to cough Corona? You could do it in the can. Boom. <laughs> well, that kind of sums that one up. Yep. A Pennsylvania man is waiting to see if he's going to face charges for uh, attempting to drive his SUV across a frozen lake. Oh, jeez. He didn't make it as the SUV broke through the ice. The man was not hurt. Investigators say the 24-year-old was not under the influence at the time. He apparently told officers that he mistook the ice for a parking lot. Later, though, he said he thought it would be fun to drive on the ice. The SUV is still in the lake waiting for crews to get the necessary equipment to remove it. All right, what? Why do people hey, want to drive like, on the well, ice? Let's, let's see if we can make it. What? Why? What are you doing? There's other stories recently in the area of people doing this on Lake Erie or something like that as well. And I'm just glad everyone's okay. I don't understand what the infatuation is of driving your vehicle or yourself on ice. It's like, okay, I did it. But if it doesn't go right, guess what? All these people have to get involved to help save you because you fell in the lake or your car's in the lake or something like that. I, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing the boat here. I'm glad everyone's okay, but that SUV, that's just going to sit in that lake. That's just wonderful. 
Great. The SUV is not okay. <laughs> and that is this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. stretch of two middle-aged men in cleveland episode number 43 and we covered an awful lot this week accidents betting on the cavaliers and gosh just a lot of stuff a lot of stuff and i guess i have to start checking my cereal in the morning to make sure (laughs) there's nothing else in it besides sugar that's i learned that today yeah i'm just proud of myself for sweeping the contest uh, the game time well, I didn't sweep it, but I took two out of three against uh, Monica. That's uh, that's an achievement for me. You've done really well with a lot of the contests yeah. recently. I, I've really been impressed. Have you been studying up or something, or what, what's been going on with this? What's the no, key to your success? I'm, I'm just a genius. <clears throat> Are you drinking heavily before you do this, or? And I wish. Oh, you're doing a great job, man. I, I think I've come up with some great questions, but you've been knocking them out of the park. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Well, we'll see if that tide turns here. At some point, I have a feeling it might, but we'll, we'll, we'll see some of those destinations. I don't know. I, I, I don't like the idea of sitting in a sphere hundreds of feet up in the air, watching bears below me and things like that. That just doesn't I, seem. You're not into that. You're not into watching the bears. Pass. No, no. I mean, a couch and a warm blanket. Well, for everyone else, everyone's vacation idea is a little bit different. You know, I, I agree. I'm not, that's not my cup of tea, but Monica brought up some different places and stuff like that. And I'm just glad that she's, you know, starting to get some business going again. I imagine it's probably tough times for her. I mean, if you're in the travel agency business, Holy cow, you know, I mean, there had to be months and months of nothing. So I'm just glad to see that things are starting to happen for her again. Well, speaking of other businesses next week on the show, men's grooming and shaving expert, Doug Smythe is going to tell us that Odds are, however you're shaving, you're doing it wrong. That's more than likely. Well, well, after you listen to Doug and we have the opportunity to talk to him, will you maybe change your grooming style? Like maybe add some features to your face, like a beard or a mustache? Will you do that? No. Okay. I had a beard at one point. Really? Yeah. This is news. Three or four years ago. Really? Remember the beard? No. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. So how long did you have it for? Uh, two, three or four years, maybe. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't my remember. Kids want this. me to grow it back, but I looked. I look old enough. I don't need to add years here. So. Now, did you decide to get rid of this on your own, or was Eric involved saying, no, uh, Eric "Yeah, this has got to go." Other, I just kind of got sick of grooming it, and it didn't grow that much, and it was. I don't know. I just. I don't care for the the feeling of hair on my face so i i understand that were you in witness protection or anything because i don't remember this at this time nor was i really talking to you as much no did you do this because of you just wanted to or were you in witness protection no i think i had changed jobs okay i just thought always thought about doing this never done it here we go i like it and I, uh, I, re- I remember, you know, my kids would come up and they'd rub my beard. Oh, oh, daddy, you got the beard. You got the beard. Yeah. Every so often, daddy, you should grow your beard back. No, no. At least you can grow. When I grow some sort of facial hair, I look like I'm sick. I'll just leave it as that. It doesn't come in very well. So 
Blotchy is the word. Blotchy. Okay. All right. Blotchy and gray. Not the look you're going for. No, definitely not. You got any other words for us, Ken? Just that we're two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Ted. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.